Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I thought we'd do something a little fun, a little different for today's episode. I'm in Australia, and I thought it would be really fun. Actually, it was Noah's idea if Noah guest hosted Ask Eliza Anything with Emily today. You guys seem to enjoy it so much when he's on, so I just went real far away. No, I'm in Australia, don't have the Zoom recorder. And since you guys like Noah so much and you had such great cooking questions, I thought it would be fun if he answered a couple of those, but also answered some of your burning life questions. You know, nothing like getting a 40-year-old married man to weigh in on your bridesmaid drama. So without further ado, I present to you, Ask Noah and Emily Anything. Special edition. Should I be eating a sandwich and crackers just to make it more authentic? First filling in for Eliza. A sandwich, yeah. A sandwich is not making enough noise. Crackers are the right way to go, but you've got a dog. I have a dog. I'm drinking coffee. I should be eating a full meal. Anything um, loud. Yeah. And when I and if you ask me why I'm eating on the podcast, I have to say because I was hungry, I didn't have a chance to eat anything before and I can't eat after. And otherwise, how am I going to multitask if I'm not eating lunch while recording a podcast? You're clearly a listener of this show. For anyone that doesn't know, you are Noah. No, I walk past <laughs> this being recorded all the time. I know. You wander by as she commandeers your shared office space that both of you should have access to. It's mine from <laughs> 6 to 9 a.m. and it's hers the rest of the day. To wander around in. But as I was telling you, yes. you've already made it look better than she does. So I don't know what's been <laughs> happening over there. She sits in the she dark. She likes to be in the dark. I mean, yeah, that's that's fair. But she is in Australia. So you very kindly agreed to step in because we had a, too many questions for you last episode. And we're doing, this is the Sandra Bullock, <laughs> Linda Fiorentino episode, right? Yes, exactly. This is all I've ever wanted. This is Eliza's nightmare. And I am very curious as to whether she will be listening to this one. She 100% will for quality control. Or maybe if she's not on it, you think she won't? That's what I'm thinking. She, I told her, I was like, maybe Emily and I can nerd out about movies. And she was like, it's not your podcast. <laughs> I think when you are on it and she's not here, it is your podcast. You're using her recording equipment. It's AIA, ask I anything. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, well, you know, I guess the questions are still the questions. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I think it's going to work out pretty good. I, that being said, I would, I would enjoy us getting to cover some non-Eliza topics, but we'll see if it happens. <laughs> we'll see. Okay, let's start with some of the questions that people asked for you, specifically for you. Now, year-round, people will write into you. And oftentimes, they write into you when you're not around and I forget about it and I just shelve it and then we never <laughs> ask it. But be- okay. because we specifically said, Noah, people wrote in hundreds of questions. So, hi, Noah, Eliza, Emily, Snowpeach, Sierra, Hot Scotty, Rizzoli, Isles, and Sweet Angel, Gracie. I'm getting a angel call out. <laughs> I am a 38-year-old female who's been married to a a little over a year to a 38-year-old male. When we moved in together, we attempted to cook together. It went terribly. He needed me to micromanage him, and he is very prone to injuring himself. After a trip to the ER where he sliced his thumb, we agreed I'd do the cooking alone. Fast forward, we have six-month-old twins, and I'm low on free time and energy. My husband says he can live on microwave food instead of me cooking, but that isn't healthy, and ordering out adds up financially. I try my best to cook dinners that are fast, Somewhat healthy, but it's tough finding the 45 minutes to 1.5 hours a night to cook. Any tips on making things faster? Pre-cut produce, bulk cooking, thoughts on making baby food from scratch versus store-bought? Now, you did address the baby food question last time, and I was very— I text Eliza specifically, it's so nice that you make Sierra's food. That's so sweet. Although now she's already hates everything that we make, and so starting from ground zero again. So it's it's constantly changing. Um she was really excited about feeding me her food today. So that doesn't <laughs> quite get the job done, but it is very cute. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, I think um, batch cooking is great, especially if there's something that you know that you like that you can make um, in big batches like pasta sauces, soups, things like that. I think a lot of times what happens with people is you make a big batch of something. And I might have already said, I've been doing cookbook promotion. So apologies if I tell the same story that I told on this podcast or on another podcast you might have heard me on. Um, I have no idea. Uh, my <laughs> brain is mush. But um, yeah, so uh, if you, people a lot of times they cook a large amount of something like soup or a sauce and then they try to like make themselves eat it every day so they don't waste it. But then you're just like fighting through it. But if you just put it in like deli quartz and freeze most of it, then you can like in three months be excited to eat it again. And now it's taking something that you were like trying to gut your way through because you've been eating it for six days in a row and then make it like a exciting bonus treat later. I love the, like stocking my freezer with things I've made. And then you just have, get to go like shopping in your freezer. Um, so yeah, I recommend doing things like that. Also, um, there is a cookbook I heard about that has a lot of very convenient and fast recipes called the don't panic pantry cookbook. And, uh, it's a, it's a good one. And yeah, uh, the injury thing, that's that's tough. I hurt myself in the kitchen a lot, but not in the way that you would think. Like, I'll cut like 50 pounds of onions for a restaurant and have no problems. And then I will try to unload the dishwasher and stab my finger with a fork. So, you know, there's a lot of ways to get injured in there. I, Stay safe. I have an important question. You just did your cookbook tour. You were yes. gone for a week. It looked so fun. What was the most surprising part about touring with your own book? I mean... It was so deeply touching. This is kind of probably like digging it. If we're kind of cannibalizing top of the cob, I think on some of this stuff, but uh, there was, there were just so many lovely, incredible people who came, who were like, had been watching the show from day one on the live stream stuff. Um, and we're just really excited to be there. 
And we had amazing turnouts. Like I was afraid like, well, Eliza's not going to be there. So no one's going to show up. But uh, we had sold out events. We had really engaged, active, uh, delightful audiences. And uh, I did notice that maybe because we've been promoting the book a bunch, I got recognized as Eliza's husband a few times. Uh, somebody came up to me um, at Rubenstein's Bagels in uh, Seattle and said, uh, this is so amazing. I've never met a celebrity before. And I was like, I got horrible news for you. You still have not met a celebrity. And then were you she was so mean sweet. to just make sure that they didn't come up to you again? I thought that that was, I think it was self-deprecating and nice. Uh yeah, so uh, thank you for saying hi. That was very nice of you. That's so exciting. I mean, your book looks so gorgeous. So I was, I was stalking you on Instagram, and I was like, oh, what a fun time. Did you try any new food Is over the last Is it stalking, or do you just follow me on Instagram? I follow you all the time, and then I text Eliza about you and never say anything to you about it. I think that's the problem. <laughs> okay. Because I, I talk that about you, not to you. That's great. No, that's good. Um uh, you're asking about surprising things we I ate Just, on the trip. Well, did you try anything new that you hadn't had? Because you got to go to a few different places. Oh, we ate so much. My friend James Starr, who owns the restaurants in our restaurant group, um, he came along with me because Eliza is out of town. Which is also, by the way, why I'm hosting this podcast because she she uh, she couldn't uh, she couldn't be bothered. And so we uh, we ate like monsters. And so we went to like six restaurants a day every day of the trip. And uh, I, by the end, like last night, I went to bed at eight o'clock for a <laughs> six a.m. flight, and I was like, "I'm, I'm full for days." Uh, but some, yeah, there was a lot of great stuff. It's all kind of a blur now. But I mean, uh, ate some. I had actually had maybe the best clams I've ever had in my life at uh, Walrus and the Carpenter in Seattle. It was a like a Vodovan curry clam dish with yogurt that was sensational. Uh, lots of great stuff. Home handmade soba at Kamonegi in Seattle. Um, ate some really good capalachi uh, 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 and brodo at Luce in Portland. Just you know, Emily, you're nodding like sure. I, those those are foods that one could theoretically eat. Your pictures do make foods look good, but I I got an important message the other day from my workplace, and they said we're having a big celebration. Yeah, they're in Los Angeles. They said we're getting champagne and we're also splurging. We want to treat you guys right. And we're getting prime pizzas for the office. And everybody's there like, you go. oh my God. And I replied and I was like, I love prime pizza, but I live on the East Coast. But I did make sure I just wanted them to know that I liked it. And everybody was raving. Oh, we had prime pizza. What a big day for us. So that's how that's people are celebrating exciting. in LA. <laughs> I did eat some very good pizza in Portland too, by the way. What do you get on a pizza? Well, it depends. Uh, if I'm trying a new place for the first time and I want to like judge them accurately, I like to just get a classic cheese pizza so I can really like assess their 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 skill level. Yeah. Because um, that's like the purest gauge. Um, but usually we, we would get like a half like classic cheese and then half something wacky. We went to um, a Pizza Shoals in Portland, which is like a beloved pizza place there. And we did a half cheese, half surf and turf. And the surf and turf is anchovies and sausage. Oh, okay. Um, not your thing. That's uh, we better than Lovely's. what I imagined. Uh, yes, like lobster and steak. Uh, Lovely's 50-50, which is my favorite pizzeria in North America. Um, I think I've talked about this before, but she does. She's on the Netflix Chef's Table pizza episode, Sarah Minnick, and does these unbelievable kind of like unique 
veggie loaded pizzas with this like natural starter and this like high whole grain pizza dough that like defies logic and is uh, sensational. So yeah, we we did all right for ourselves. I'm very jealous. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It happened to me. I didn't think it would, but it happened to me. I had a nasty bout of postpartum depression. Now, there's nothing to be ashamed about in talking about what you're dealing with, and there's nothing to be ashamed about in talking about it with someone. I definitely saw a therapist these last couple weeks because, you know, I spend my time giving advice to others, but I could use a little advice myself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. I'll tell you what, when you're already stressed or anxious, the last thing you want to do is battle traffic and sit in a waiting room and get your parking validated. I'm sorry, is that just an LA thing? You don't need to add all that. You can just sit in the comfort of your own home or a chair you like outside and you can talk to someone from BetterHelp. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time. No additional charge and it doesn't hurt their feelings. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Eliza today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Eliza. I'm busy and this time of year gets even busier. I've had my baby, I'm back to work, I'm at meetings, I'm on tour, I'm running around and I don't always have time to sit down for a meal with my family. Sometimes I get home from set so late and I just need to eat something nutritious and go to bed. And that's why I like Factors fresh, never frozen meals because they're dietitian approved and they're ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy I am, and I'm busy, I always have time to get a nutritious, great tasting meal. Factor has over 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. So I never get bored. I'm trying to do less meat in general and they have wonderful vegan and veggie options. I just made a vegan mushroom marsala and I made an onion risotto. Just because you're eating vegetarian doesn't mean you can't eat deliciously. It had roasted garlic green beans. It was scrumptious. Head to factormeals.com slash Eliza50 and use code Eliza50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Eliza50 at factormeals.com slash Eliza50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Well, it's finally happening. The weather is finally getting warmer. So it's time to say goodbye to the jackets and cozy sweaters we've been hibernating in all winter. And it's time to say hello, bonjour, to shorts and t-shirts. And if you've been wanting to update your wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, Quince is for you. I talk about Quince a lot because I really believe in a sustainable capsule wardrobe. And there's no reason you can't have a sustainable, timeless wardrobe for every season. And Quince has got you covered with premium linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable, silk tops, hello. And the best part is all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Dressing well shouldn't break the bank. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. Look well. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash Eliza for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Eliza to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Eliza. Let's go to a non-food question because I want your take on this because, okay, it says, Dear Eliza and Emily, 
But we want a male perspective. I need your advice on a difficult family situation. My brother, 26 male, is in a super toxic non-relationship. He is infatuated with a woman, 23 female, who treats him terribly and is knowingly stringing him along. When they met, she had a boyfriend, but she still hung out with him when she was bored or wanted attention. He drove her, her friends, and her boyfriend to a week-long vacation in another state. When she broke up with her boyfriend, they had a bit of a falling out and didn't talk for a few weeks, so we thought it was done. Recently, they've been hanging out again, and it's just as bad. He goes out with her, getting her drinks, holding her things while she actively meets and leaves with other men. He doesn't talk to me about it, so I have to hear it through friends how bad it is. He has even floated the idea to friends, not to me, to move to the state I live in to be closer to me without savings or any job prospects. It just so happens that she will also be moving here for grad school soon. My other brother and some of our mutual friends have thought about an intervention, but know that he would shut down and say we are overreacting. There are so many more samples, but we'd be here all day. What would you do if it were your brother? He's not a friend that I can cut off. He's family, and I don't want to see him make a decision that could severely impact his life over a woman that wants nothing to do with him. It's tough with family because you can't really change. They don't really want advice from you for the most part. (laughs) I think in these situations, you're kind of just screwed. Um, But, you know, you can have the frank talk. They can shut down. But it's probably just going to result in them uh, telling you you were right five years from now. Uh, Yeah, it's rough. I, It's tough to know without knowing the person. But to be honest, I think you just sever ties with your brother and you move on. Is there any chance that he's just her friend and these are normal friend things and he's not expecting her to suddenly fall in love with him? Uh, He might not be expecting it, but he wants it. Right. Certainly. Um, I mean, it's just a real bummer. You you want him to fall for somebody else, but then it's it's like a a you situation. Then he's finding (laughs) another person to stalk. Right. And uh, yeah, you almost want to talk to the girl. And be like, but that doesn't sound like a great scenario either. If he was worse, I would be worried about the girl. But right now, it sounds like they both know what they're doing. The girl knows that he's into her. She can get whatever he, she wants Yeah, from him. and he knows that she's not into him and will, because she broke up with the boyfriend and still hasn't gotten with him. But I was- And then they weren't <laughs> friends after, which probably means that he was upset that it wasn't him. She didn't come running. Yeah. And then like goes to bars and buys her drinks and she leaves with other guys. And then, I don't know, is he, like, secretly following her home? Also, so he's telling you, yeah, so I took her out, bought her some drinks, she went over with another guy, but it's cool. It sounds like she's hearing this all from mutual friends, so he's not reporting, like, I failed, but other people who are at the bar are like, yeah, we're watching him do this. I mean, if he was your friend, would you say, like, could you say anything to him? Like, hey, she's clearly not into you, or does he know that? Oh, yeah, I would— Anybody who's a real friend of mine and vice versa, we would tell each other that. And I have been told things like that by friends, not in that specific way, but yeah. Uh, shout out to my friend, Tad, who's uh, very good at telling you when you're being an idiot. Um, but uh, yeah, definitely don't let him move. So sh- moving in with you to be near the the girl, like, uh-uh. no. Gross. You can just like, just come home to him, just like, just like rocking out to power ballads and just like doing whippets in the, on your living room. Uh, yeah, I, not to project on him, but uh, it sounds not great. Yeah, say you can't move here. 
Unless you have a job lined up and a place to live, in which case you don't need to live with me. Yeah, that sounds not great. That sounds like they're taking their bullshit and making it uh, make your life more complicated. Yeah. So that's that's a that's a hard pass for me. Yeah, don't cave. And look, you can have issues with siblings, and you get over it. The good news is you can't cut them off, but you can be honest with them and know it'll come back around. <laughs> Hi, Eliza and Emily, or whoever might be guest hosting this week if Eliza is in Australia. What were your personal top five movies of 2022? Also, how do I break up with my roommate? Noah from Los Angeles. <laughs> oh, wow. Interesting question. <laughs> well, Emily, question. Why, don't you, why don't you take that one? What, what were your top five movies of the year? Boy, it sure seems like that's one of those <laughs> questions that Eliza would have uh, not really wanted to answer. But, uh, you know, so it goes. No, it's tough. Look. Is it boring to say everything everywhere all at once was very solid? Uh, I I think it was one of those movies. I'm trying to look up. I texted a friend what I thought my top five movies were a while ago to see if I can find it so I don't forget things. I'm bringing up my Um, letterbox. (laughs) Yeah, we're both just pulling up our letterbox. Our letterbox is... um, You're one of four people I follow on letterbox. I'm so touched. Um, So... Everything everywhere, all, everything everywhere all at once. I think also like uh, we got to see it early on before it was uh, Tian Fu's growling into the mic, um, before it got like hyped up and then you had all this weird yes. narratives around it. Um, so yeah, I, yeah. So is that, so is, are you doing yours in order? No, that was just the one that immediately like I know it would make the list. Like it was just, it was the one that I loved and told everybody to watch and then everybody started talking to about it too much. And I immediately felt like, Oh, was it actually not good? Cause now everybody's talking about it <laughs> and felt like a monster. Um, yeah. It's a good question. I, I mean, it is a great movie. Uh, I had a great time watching it. Is it in the top five? I know like I have two locks. I think tar is a lock for me. Okay. I really like tar. I know it's probably not your thing. I, or are you? Were you a tar person? I will say I watched it in the theater, and I came out of the theater thinking I didn't really like that. And yesterday, I was like, "Did I actually love tar? I think I did. I need to rewatch it." The more you think about it, um, I think Top Gun Maverick belongs in the conversation. Not enough Jennifer Connelly, although her parts were great when she was there. <laughs> Amazing jacket work in that movie. I wanted to dress like all of them. I wanted to get a motorcycle and sunglasses and have Tom Cruise ride on the back. Well, who's the last person to have uh, as good of a sexual chemistry with Tom Cruise in a movie? I was so obsessed with the Is fact- it Val Kilmer in the first Top Gun? <laughs> Probably. The fact that they let them just, they're like, you know what? We're not even going to try to pretend like they're into each other. We're going to fade as soon as they start kissing. Like, yeah. she's and then six you can feet just, taller than him. We have to cut this. And then you can just hang out in bed together. With, Giggling. And just talking about raising children. Yeah. Um, but nonetheless, great movie. Yeah. Not I think my. no one in the world cares more about me having a good time at the movies than Tom Cruise. That is very true. I like a personal message. He's like, thank you. You did this. I bought oh. the AMC popcorn bucket commemorative. It was like twenty dollars. Did you have conflicted feelings watching the Nicole Kidman like Welcome to the Movies? <laughs> Seeing right both, that was a thrill. And I was like, you know what? Good for both of them. <laughs> it was like a far and away throwback. Eliza's listening to this just fuming <laughs> She's right now. So upset. 
because she um, listens to this podcast for enjoyment and we're taking away an hour from her week that she enjoys listening. She says it's quality control. <laughs> but I think you and I know better. Yeah. Um, is Banshees of Inna Sheeran one of your movies? I thought about it. I enjoyed it, but it's not something I would ever rewatch. Yeah. Uh, what else? I love that mule. What else is on your letterboxed? My top movie besides Everything Everywhere All at Once was Don't Worry Darling. I am never going to see that movie. (laughs) Really? One night, if Eliza's out of town, you won't just put it on on HBO No, there's a lot of other things that I will watch instead of that. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, what else did I have on mind? I also had, did you see Honk for Jesus, Save Your Soul? Did not see that one. That one I recommend. Okay, that might be a crossover. Eliza might like that, probably not, but Regina Hall cannot be beat. Oh, was the Northman last year? That's a yes. Ugh. That's a fun one. Ugh. That's a that's one of those movies where I was like, I'm so glad you guys got to make this. Good for them. Oh, you know but, what I think ugh. is massively underrated, and I think is a really good movie and doesn't get talked about was Nope. I think Nope was great. I think it got. I think maybe I had the opposite of everything everywhere, where everyone was like down on it, and then I finally saw it, and I was like, Why are you guys down on this? Like. We're watching, we're just making like 4 million like Batman Joker movies. And then you get to have a, an amazing or original movie. And, uh, and, and it's like real director stuff. I was very impressed by that movie. I'm glad they made it. I love the cast. I, my problem is Get Out is like all time, all time top movie. And I just keep going to his movies like, let's do Get Out again. And then it's something else and I'm mad. And that's on me. And I love Kiki Palmer. You're like Palmer. the people who were like, were like, I saw Jackie Brown, and Jackie Brown wasn't good because Pulp Fiction was a different movie, and I saw Pulp Fiction. Pulp <laughs> yes. Fiction was good, and that Jackie Brown was not the same movie. Yes. So I'm mad about it. But the only Tarantino movie I, like, I love is Death Proof, so. that's Well, that's uh, that's very on brand for you. <laughs> um, okay. We don't have to get into the rest of them. No. I'm having fun looking through my, my letterboxed collection of movies that okay. we can talk about that a lot. Final one to ask you if you saw, After Yang with Colin. No, I want to see that, though. I heard that was great. Another one that I sat with it, and I was like, I think that was maybe really good, but there wasn't, like, an ending. So it was kind of like— What was the mm. Paul Mescal one that people liked a lot? After 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 Sun? Sun, Yeah, I keep looking at that and then going, no, I don't want to do this right now. (laughs) I don't want to handle this. I was looking through Fableman's. I don't know if it counts as a movie, but I did enjoy it. I— my, the only other important call out for me is that I realized I rented a theater last year to see The Lost City with no audience. Um, that's because amazing. that's what I wanted for Sandra Bullock. And I let my family come, but I made them all sit in a different row than me. So, uh, Well, I watched the movie Lincoln on a plane recently. Ugh. And do you not like the movie it's Lincoln? It's so long. Yeah. But really, I mean... I don't know if Tim Lee Jones bringing the Thirteenth Amendment being passed back to his his secret uh, um, African American wife, uh, and then like it doesn't make you sob on an airplane, then uh, I don't know what to tell you. I, I cry on every airplane ride. I watch like four Christmases and cry, and then the flight attendants well, come check on me. That's an altitude issue for you, I think. <laughs> it's just I'm not doing well. All right, should we move on before we'll Eliza? Move on. Uh, okay. Lights our house on fire. <laughs> Yeah, you you have a shared home. Dear Eliza and Emily and Noah, I am 29 female, living with my partner, 29 male. We live in a duplex in the Midwest where we get plenty of snow. 
Our duplex is set up so that we share a driveway with our neighbors. The neighbors are late 60s, maybe early 70s, and insist on uh, snow they block blowing. They in a lot, don't they? No, they're too nice. They snow blow our whole driveway. As much as we appreciate this, it tends to cause more stress than appreciation. The first snow of the season, the husband came frantically knocking on our door because his wife fell on ice and hurt her arm while they were snow blowing slash shoveling our driveway. Luckily, we were home and my partner's a physical therapist, so he was able to safely pick her up and walk her inside. We've been See, honest that's the long with con. They're trying to get free physical <laughs> therapy by falling down in the in the driveway. <laughs> Explaining we are worried about them and we are perfectly capable of clearing our driveway, including their side. The wife even agreed she shouldn't be walking on snow and ice. I told them we'd like to repay the favor, plus we just invested in our own snow blower. On top of this, we park in our garage and they park in the driveway, meaning we have much more snow to remove on our side. We tried to time it out so we remove the snow before they get the chance, but we both work full-time jobs and usually don't get to it before them. We've also debated going out to help if we see them, but realize we would just end up being in the way or someone will be pelted with the blowing snow. Do I try talking to them again? I don't want to take away their act of kindness or potential enjoyment of snow blowing. You know, men like that shit sometimes, like mowing the lawn. Maybe I need to let it be and attempt to quit stressing. This is more difficult for my partner. Being a PT, he often treats elderly with life-threatening injuries from falling. For now, we continue feeling bad, debate what to do, and worry that we will get another knock on the door due to someone being injured. Afterward, I thank them with cookies or baked goods, and the cycle continues." I have the same question. My neighbors keep blowing my driveway, the leaves, or like, and I feel such guilt. And I just see them out there and I hide. So please, Noah, you're a nice person. What do we do? I think it's worth bringing up again. Okay. Um, what's the, there's like a, a certain, I forget what country it's from, but there's like a, a, a custom for people when you get older to start like pre-planning for death, essentially, <laughs> where you start moving into a smaller more self-sufficient place to live um, and sort of getting rid of all the excess stuff to not leave it on someone else to deal with. And one of the big parts of it is not giving yourself lots of like manual labor to do to upkeep your house. Like having to like, like you have these healthy people who are old who end up like falling off a ladder, cleaning the, the, you know, the rain gutter or trying to blow a snow and falling down. And you think you want to keep doing it, but really you're just putting yourself at risk and leaving a lot of work for other people around you. So really your neighbors are deeply selfish and they should, uh, they should be moving into a small <laughs> uh, one bedroom ground floor condo without having anything else to do. Um, but yeah, no, I would say you should probably talk to them again, try your best, but if they won't change, you kind of have to just let it be. And you being stressed about it doesn't help them or you, you can only control your own reaction to it. Um, Something I'm working on for myself and my wife. Yeah, that's, I just. And actually our dog, <laughs> to think of it. The most untrainable dog. She's gotten good at some stuff. With you, mate. Well, which I guess means she is trainable. Um, well, you know, she's better than she was before. And she's a sweet girl. She is. She's perfect. I'm so glad that she's here for this episode. What would it be if it wasn't her maybe growling in the background? She's just staring up at me. Yeah, it's uh, it would just be a lot of me sitting sitting in the very same way. Um, <laughs> when you ask someone what language they took in school, usually it's like with an eye roll. They're like, mm, French. 
It's like, do you speak French? No, I don't use it. I feel like a lot of us had difficulties learning a language in school. Rosetta Stone is here to change that. It's available on desktop and it can be used as an app on your phone or your tablet. Rosetta Stone are trusted experts for more than 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. Rosetta Stone immerses you in many ways with an intuitive process and you can pick up any language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Plus, with Rosetta Stone's true accent feature, you'll get feedback on how well you're pronouncing words. That's right. You might even fool some locals into thinking you're one of them. It's like having a personal trainer for your accent. I headed to Mexico City for a little vacation, and I used Rosetta Stone to brush up on my Spanish. Just a few things, few verbs that I knew I had forgotten, and I was better. Mejor. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Ask Eliza Anything listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash Eliza. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash Eliza today. I do think there's something to be said for ordering something of quality and every once in a while getting a nice package in the mail with a product that you're going to own for a long time. Let me tell you about Bolin Branch's signature sheets because they're the perfect way to start upgrading your sleep, your room, the look of your room because they're designed to feel incredible for all sleepers. They are made with the finest 100% organic cotton. These sheets feel buttery soft yet super breathable and they're perfect for warmer summer months ahead. We have a house that we go to in the summer and I got all Bolin Branch sheets for the beds because we're having a lot of guests this year and I want them to feel like they're at a nice bed and breakfast that they didn't have to pay for. Bolin Branch sheets are free from toxins like synthetic pesticides, formaldehyde. I bet you didn't know that was in your sheets. And their signature sheets come in 14 versatile colors and they come in sizes from twin all the way up to California King. And Bolin Branch has a 30-night worry-free guarantee, which means you can wash, style, and sleep in their sheets for an entire month. And if you don't love them for any reason, you can send them right back with free returns on all U.S. orders. Sleep better with the softest, most breathable bedding from Bowl and Branch. Go to bowlandbranch.com slash Eliza for 15% off your first sheet set, plus free shipping. That's Bowl and Branch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, branch.com slash Eliza for 15% off. Exclusions apply. See site for details. What else we got? Let's get right into it. My female 26 brother, male 23, has been dating his college boyfriend for over a year. He has only, quote, come out to me and my mom. Neither of us have met this boyfriend. I've known this about my brother since he was in middle school. My mother has known since this current relationship he is in. No biggie to me, but we come from a conservative, God-fearing family and community, so I understand why he has chosen not to pridefully be who he is. I'm sure they suspect, but it's never been confirmed. I asked my brother two separate times months ago whether or not he was expecting to bring his boyfriend or plus one to my wedding, and I received no response. He very selfishly never responds to any of us slash siblings slash parents unless he needs something from us, money. I finally got him to answer the phone. He mentioned he only had the RSVP option for himself. That is correct. Our wedding isn't big, family-only ceremony, and we've reserved a private sitting area for the exact guests invited at a restaurant for dinner. Very intimate and quaint. Am I the asshole for not wanting my brother to come out during my wedding? I understand it's bullshit that he has to even come out and can't just be who he is, but he's kept the secret for so long, and I know that it will be a topic of conversation that I don't want to be had at my wedding. It should be happy, light, and fun, not me filtering and standing up for my brother. Another twist to it is that the majority of our family is old and stuck in their ways, so no matter what is done or explained, they will think how they think and are unwilling to reevaluate. Thank you for your input. 
Wait, but I thought initially he wasn't responding when you asked, and then you said you're not, you can't let him. I'm confused. So it seems like months ago, you wanted to know you, if you wanted to know, and now he's not telling. He didn't tell you in time, and now he's by, he has to come by himself. I, that's what it sounds like. Or and he's 23. She, yeah. Or she realized like she was like, oh, are you bringing anyone? And she was like, crap, I don't want him to bring anyone because then everyone will be like, ah, he's gay. That's a boy. Well, first of all. With, like, the selfishness and not responding to text messages, he's 23. That's just a thing you're going to have to probably deal with with most 23-year-olds. I wasn't like that, but, you know, I was a, a, a rare old man hiding in a 23-year-old's body. With the back of a 23 of an old man, anyway. Um, yeah, it's tough. I mean, part of me uh, understands what you're saying. You don't want to have it become the thing at your wedding for him to bring a plus one. Uh, but the other part of me is, like, it's a wedding. It's going to be crazy. Things are going to happen. People are going to get in fights. It brings out the worst in people and the best in others. And also, I think that when you um, expect an outcome, you kind of manifest it a little bit. And to be honest, like if your wedding ends up being a place that uh, ends up ends up being the place where your your brother wants to do that and it becomes part of your story down the line. And that's kind of a cool, fun story too. Um, and, uh, you know, your wedding isn't actually for you. <laughs> it's for everyone at your wedding. And, uh, you know, I kind of tend to believe in like, you know, uh, show love, be truthful and let the chips fall where they may. Um, and uh, yeah, I would never want to tell somebody where they should or shouldn't come out. Um, but uh, I think it's worth having a frank conversation with your brother. And if he really wants to do it and make that the place to do it, uh, and he feels safe in doing that, then, you know, I guess be my guest. But if uh, if he's like, I don't know what I want to do, uh, maybe I'll bring somebody, maybe I won't. It's like, this is not about you coming out. It's about organizing an RSVPing in a timely manner. Right. Uh, so that's kind of my take on it. I think, uh, yeah, I think let love shine, but uh, also have table manners. <laughs> right. There are two issues here because the one issue is you're having a small wedding. He can't bring someone. Like they're not married or whatever your rules are that you don't have room for a plus one. Fine. That's solved. Like he shouldn't bring anyone. But Also, why would the boyfriend want to come to that? To the conservative wedding. Right. No, no, no. I mean, come to a conservative wedding where your boyfriend is coming, <laughs> coming out to out his entire conservative family. With you there. That just sounds like a, like a, bad, a nightmare. Like a bad date. It's <laughs> frankly. a terrible idea. But I think the second issue is that this person is so, so, so worried. And not to say that they're not supportive because they could be totally supportive of their brother, but much more worried about what everyone else is going to think than what the brother is thinking. So that's something that has to be tackled separately. Like, can you guys just have a big dinner with family members and be like, this is my boyfriend and have it be a separate thing and not your wedding, just like a cookout? Like what, you can support your brother not at your wedding. And I think, or do it at the wedding, but just, uh, you know, have... Uh, you needs to be some understanding of what your brother actually wants. And that's on him to tell you and say what he wants and be clear about it. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of complicated interfamilial emotions. And, you know, I, you always kind of revert back to your childhood version of yourself around your parents, especially around those kind of situations. So I get that there's probably a lot more going on than I understand. But I, I'm also like a a fan of, of, of uh, truth-based chaos. <laughs> And not in like a in like a I'm a truth teller Ugh, in yeah. like a like a like an alt right YouTube page kind of way, but in like a actual truth. Right. 
Hi, Eliza and Emily and crew. I'm a 33-year-old cis woman getting ready to marry my partner five years in September. We're having a small 40-person wedding and keeping things low-key, mostly to keep the social and financial pressure lower on ourselves and our families. Our families and friends have generally been really supportive of all of our plans. The problem I'm running into is that people keep talking to me a lot about their plans to lose weight for our wedding. In particular, my mother-in-law and my best friend, male, 32, who are both taking on fairly extreme restrictive diets and mentioning them to me all the time, even when the conversation is very unrelated. Example, I texted my mother-in-law a photo of cookies I made from a cookbook she gave me for Christmas to say thank you and that I was enjoying the gift. She responded with several texts about how it's good she wasn't around them because they would ruin her diet, detailing all the rules, again, she's sticking to, and telling me she wants to look great at our big wedding. This is an easy example, but I've been having a few interactions like this every week with various loved ones. I've been very open and even vocal about my struggles in recovery with anorexia and talked about how diet culture and engaging in conversations around weight loss are challenging and triggering. I've also talked to friends and family about how difficult it can be to stay in the right headspace amid the weight loss culture around wedding stuff. There's so much wrapped up in body images and getting married. It's already so much work to keep from obsessing about my own weight or even relapsing as I head towards dress fittings. How do I get my loved ones to stop holding my wedding up as a deadline for weight loss or a minimum? Stop flipping talking to me about it. Right now, I just don't answer or try to change the subject, but it's not working. And even hearing it can set me off in a bad headspace. Also, just for context, I have a very supportive partner and appropriate mental health support. All this just introduces a bigger lift and more work and it feels so unnecessary. Thanks so much for any advice you have. Best, Libby. Why is everyone else so focused on <laughs> yeah. losing weight for your? Is it like a like a bikini photo shoot wedding? <laughs> Libby I'm, is uh, having the wedding of the century. Either she puts on the best parties, or everyone at her wedding is super attractive, and everyone wants to hook up and get married at this wedding. So I would take it as a real compliment to this wedding. <laughs> Yeah, how do I get an invite to this wedding? <laughs> but also her mother-in-law gotta... and male best friend. Are they hooking up? <laughs> They're both uh, trying to impress each other. Yeah, maybe that's what it comes down to. Um, I uh, I mean, I'm always a fan of just being honest with people. But then again, you know, I get, uh, I also, in my own family, know when I want to sort of deflect and know that uh, sometimes the truth just leads to a longer conversation that gets you back to where you started from. So I get it on that side as well. But, um, you know, if that's your best friend, first of all, tell him to cut it out. Yeah. Um, and then for your mother-in-law, you know, uh, just, I think it's worth bringing it up to them. Uh, just that you don't want to focus on that. And you'd love to, you know, I feel like it's a pretty clear and very easy line for them to get. But that being said, some people uh, just say whatever they feel like saying all the time, no matter what, and you, and that you're just going to kind of be screwed on it. So I would say try to talk to them about it. But if it doesn't work, then just kind of try to be zen about it, and um, and maybe just send them I don't know weird gifs in response. I wonder, or block them. Can you block does. certain words on text? I wonder. Like I wonder if you can block. Oh, like wonder. if someone sends you the word diet, you just don't see their text. Because I feel like, what are you even going to reply to mother in law? Mother in law is like, I'm doing a diet. I want to look hot at your wedding. It's like, okay, great, congrats. Yeah, I liked the cookies. Oh, I can't eat those because I'm afraid I'm going to get fat. Oh, great, I can't listen to you talk about that because I'm afraid <laughs> I'm going to be angry at you. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I, that's a tough one. I. Yeah, I would say give it a try. Be honest. Say tell them to please not do it. And if they keep doing it, I, then you know I can you can assume it's not malicious. 
if it is, hopefully, uh, you know, you don't have to deal with that. And then if they keep doing it, you just kind of try to shrug it off. And, and uh, yeah, thank God for all the uh, uh, supportive fiance and the mental health professionals and support you have because, yeah, people are pretty selfish and don't pay attention to things very well. Uh -uh. Hi, ladies. Hi, Noah. I'm a 57-year-old female in Columbus, Ohio, newly divorced after a long marriage and purchased a dated condo. I'm looking forward to fixing it up to hopefully rent out in a couple of years. I've gone from a normal-sized kitchen where I hosted family events, including Thanksgiving and Christmas, to a galley kitchen where only one side has little cabinetry, a sink, dishwasher, and stove. Fridge is on opposite side and corner. It'll be my last project because I want to be thoughtful. I want it to be as functional as possible. Any suggestions on how to make the most of the space? I enjoy cooking and haven't done much because the lack of storage is overwhelming. Eliza, for when you listen. I saw you when you were here last year. Great show, Beverly. Um, it's tough without seeing like the actual layout. <laughs> right. Um, but in my experience, um, when I've had smaller kitchens in my life, one of the things that's actually really convenient is like um is uh like fold up counter space where it's like it kind of almost like a a shelf that can kind of on a hinge so you can lift it up to have more space to prep and cut things but doesn't take up space while you're going. Um that's really helpful if you have a room room somehow in there to have a uh, a pot rack that hangs above without being if it depends on how high your ceiling are is but that's a great way if you can hang things that just kind of turns your ceiling into storage, which is very convenient. So yeah, try to find creative ways to give yourself malleability in space. And I think, yeah, the, the fold up uh, uh, countertops are a cool, cool trick for that. Hey there, I'm a female early 30s, middle school science teacher with a master's. At my school, we have a few weeks a year where we take a break from regular classes to focus on other skills. We don't have home ec type classes in the regular schedule, so that happens during this time for the seventh graders. I've stumbled into the role of leading the cooking section. I know enough to get by to feed myself and my husband, but I feel a little lost when it comes to teaching 12-year-olds how to cook. Noah, what are some basic skills and or recipes you think middle schoolers should learn? As a note, we do try to keep the recipes vegetarian because of dietary restrictions, costs, not wanting to eat raw chicken, et cetera. Thanks, love to you all. Now, would Don't Panic Pantry be the perfect book for these middle schoolers? It would. I think it'd be great for you, at least just to make things from it. But also, you know, I think um, kind of trying to get to some of the basics of it, like um, like how to cook rice, how to, uh, you know, boil pasta and flavor, those kind of things, like kind of base level things of that nature, grains, pastas, how to um, like, you know, open a can of beans and make something with it. It's trying to find kind of simpler, lower key things to do that... Um, Maybe focus a little more on nutrition. Maybe it's like how to make a salad. Teach them like what sal how salad dressing works. Because you can also teach like ratios that way, which is fun. So you can say like, I don't know if they're at that age where you can do ratios, but like a three to one ratio. So it's three parts uh, oil to one part vinegar. And that's like a classic salad dressing ratio. And they can kind of get creative within these ratios. That can be kind of a fun way to almost incorporate the math into it a little bit. So they can kind of give them room to be creative, but within certain parameters. You could even go that route where it's like, all right, here's all these different ingredients you could put into a salad. Here's all the different ingredients you could use to make salad dressing using, you know, pick your fat, pick your your acid, um, pick your herb and spice, and they can kind of get a little bit of creativity, but sort of 
coloring inside the lines, so to speak, where you kind of can't mess it up if you if you try to use any combination of these ingredients in the right way. So that kind of stuff could be cool as I think of it on the fly and make it up as I go along. Um, also, like how to wash dishes, I feel like is secretly very useful. Mm. Um, but yeah, I would say, yeah, the salad thing is fun. Dressings, things like that. Sorry, my wife is FaceTiming me during our podcast. <laughs> well, Should we have her live FaceTime in? She, her, her, she would be so overwhelmed. Yeah, she would not be into that. <laughs> I will say she said in your episode with her, you were talking about the fact that like she used to think that you had to basically have chicken and a salad to make it a meal. And I have to say that as someone who notoriously eats poorly, I only like salads that you make. And because you do, you've figured out how to explain like what pieces need to go into it. And it doesn't have to be the same thing every time, but you've like figured out the ratio of things to make it. And if I was a kid and they were like, here's how you make a tasty salad, I'd be like, oh, what a game changer. So that is such a good idea. Yeah, I support that. And I think it'd be a nice thing for people to kind of have ownership and creativity, but still kind of understanding uh, sort of some basic rules or guidelines, so to speak. Right. Hi, Eliza. Oh, no, they should do a salad is a contest mean for middle schoolers. If you see who has the tastiest salad, maybe that's mean. But there you go. I, but I would love that. Uh, competitive salading. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hi, Eliza. I'm a single mom of a 10-month-old. I broke it off with the dad because he bought cocaine when our son was two months old. I saw the transaction happen from the couch in the living room. He was out in the street buying the substance. I then confronted him and he admitted to it. Fast forward to today, he wants to spend more time with our son, but I'm hesitant since I'm scared he could be using drugs. We don't have any parenting plans set in place. We live in Washington State. What should I do? I do want him in my son's life, but also want to make sure he's making good choices, especially with my son being with him. Yeah, that's tough. I mean, uh, you have to involve someone you know, at that point, right? Like you have to set a parenting, like you have to have some sort of legal agreement in place where there's yeah, testing, maybe there's yeah, supervised and even if it's visits. Just, yeah, testing in general is probably a good thing for someone like that. And if they are really hesitant about it, then definitely don't trust them. And if they really show like a willingness to do it and to understanding, like if they have remorse and an understanding of what they've done wrong and admitting to it and a willingness to understand that you would have trepidation, then I can see a path to them doing that as long as they're willing to sort of follow your benchmarks and goals and finding a path that makes sense. If they're being weird about it and squirrely and don't understand why you wouldn't let them see the kid, then, I mean, move on. Like, that's, yeah, that's, uh, that's this is your kid. So make sure that they are doing the things that make sense. And if they don't understand that, then that's a problem. Yeah, you may need to, like, involve a, someone of authority to enforce some sort of plan. Yeah, and obviously there's certain weird rules and laws with all that stuff. But in general, if you can find a path to them uh, being, yeah, being kind of uh, open to and understanding the mistakes that they've made and admitting to them, if they won't even admit to stuff that they did wrong, like, well, I had Coke once and never did it again. Like, give me a break. It's like. Go down the you street. You can't see that I would want. <laughs> That's your note. <laughs> Hide it better. It's disrespectful. Um, but like if you, yeah, if you can't, if they can't see why you would be concerned, then uh, do not, I wouldn't trust them around, around, around my kid. Mm. Hi, AIA. 
I have roommate problems. This is just what you were looking for, Noah. You were so excited for roommate <laughs> problems and wedding problems and food problems. That's it. <laughs> I, Q Thunder, 26 female, am living with another 26 female for a second rent cycle in a three-bedroom apartment. Our previous roommate moved out and handed our Wi-Fi payment duty to me to handle every month. It's $60 a month, which means everyone is responsible for $20 payments on the same day every month. One of my roommates Venmo's me back within seconds, but this problematic roommate will not pay me unless I basically beg. She claims to not have working Venmo notifications and says to just text her when I need her to pay me. However, a bunch of my texts have gone unanswered, even when I said she should set a reminder every month to send me her portion. I've waited seven weeks at one point for two months' payments. We don't even have other utility bills to cover. This roommate makes the most money out of all of us, goes out with coworkers every day, buys Canada Goose, Lululemon, and Sam Edelman boots frequently, and travels to New York City on the regular. It angers me when I've been waiting for a payment of $20 and see this stuff showing up at the door. To add to this, she bought the router in the first place and controls the Wi-Fi password. Oh, no. So I can't even change that as leverage, even though I tried to hack it. Help me with this inconvenient situation so I can save myself the energy every month. I mean... My first thought was change the password, right? And like make it so to pay you, you change it every month. But maybe because this woman's on the hook for the router, you just be like, you have to collect the $60 a month. Because if nobody pays, won't she be in trouble? Maybe. Yeah. Who's responsible for the bill? Whose name is it under? Put it Um, under her name. (laughs) Yeah. Or just get rid of them. They sound awful. Um, And again, like have a frank conversation. Tell them that you need them to do it. And, uh, or have them be the one who starts collecting it. But then you also get to the thing where you start sending them money every month. Then you find out that it's been not been paid for six months and all of a sudden your stuff gets turned off. Um, frankly, like people like that, I'm just like countdown to get out of my life. Like, when do we, (laughs) when can we make this be over? Right. Because, uh, yeah, I would say just start listing her room on Craigslist. And then just have people come in for looking at it and various times and have like the number one question be, do you have a working Venmo notification? <laughs> the the gall to be like, oh, I didn't get the notification. It's the same day every month. Just send it. Or if she's so rich, just be like, give me a hundred bucks and now you're good for, what is that, five months? Yeah. Prepay. Look at that, doing math on the fly. <laughs> Hey, AIA crew, my husband and I are huge fans and longtime listeners. We always love seeing Eliza perform. I think we've seen a five plus live shows at this point. If you're in the greater New York area, we will always be there. Anyway, my question. My brother is a home inspector. Last year, we had an accepted offer on a house and he very kindly and thoroughly did our inspection and didn't charge us anything for his work. Unfortunately, the deal fell through and we needed to continue our search. Unfortunately, he missed a lot of stuff in the inspection. (laughs) Then you can't say he did you a favor. After grieving the loss of the house we didn't get, we finally found a home we were even more excited about. My brother, of course, drove over an hour each way again to help us out with the inspection. I know he won't allow me to pay him. And of course, I'm grateful for the savings, but I really want to do something nice for him as a thank you. He is such an incredible person and has done so much for our family over the last two years. He has a two-year-old and plenty of bills to pay, so I want to get him something useful that shows my appreciation without pushing cash on him. Any suggestions of a gift I could get him? You are always great at stuff like this. No, no, you're going to be better. So I'd love your advice. Thank you, Ariel. I just have to say immediately, because I saw my dad pull this trick and it worked so well when someone wouldn't take cash. When I got these kittens, I wanted to give them cash as just like, hey, I want to like, 
thank you for these kittens. I mean, I paid through an organization, but I wanted to give this guy cash. And they were like, no. And then my dad goes, hey, here's somebody like for the food bills for all these other cats that you're taking care of. So if you mm. give him money, like a savings bond or set something up for the two-year-old, like we're starting there her college go. savings. We're doing like, put some money for her. And he's yeah. not going to say no. Yeah, what are those like? Uh, those like long-term bonds, bonds or whatever. Yeah, or just buy them a present. You know that works too. I mean, I, I, what do you give a uh, someone who home inspector? You, I, I don't know at all. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's uh, yeah, it's tough. I, you know, if they, you know, I, I always just hope that they like food and cookings, then I can just buy them nice. Uh, food books. Sometimes I'll buy somebody like a cookbook and a bunch of stuff that goes with it. That's good. That's kind of a fun thing sometimes. Like if they are into like Japanese food and never cooked it before, you can buy them a bunch of Japanese ingredients and like a really good Japanese cookbook. It's obviously very specific. It might not make sense for them. Um, but things along those lines are kind of where I tend to go. Um, but yeah, the the some kind of like a, like a college fund setup situation is really smart. Um, or uh, yeah, or you could print a card that says we like donated uh and for some charity that you made up and that <laughs> you can do that too uh yeah something like that I, but yeah that's like the japanese custom of when someone gives you something you you don't pay them back for it you give them like a an equally valued gift in return right do you have a skill like home inspectionry where you can do that for the him at some point <laughs> Uh, yeah. Like, yeah. What's your, what's your skill set to replace it? Uh, equal and equal labor. Cause you're using your chef skill set to kind of know the pieces you put together that make an easy starter kit for someone. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, see if you can find something in that realm, but, uh, yeah, definitely get them a present. Yeah. Okay. This is a very important question for you. Hi, Liza, Smokey Husky, all the AIA crew. I have a marital advice question. My name is Katrina. I'm 39. I live in Portland, Oregon. Noah, would you be irritated if Eliza put hot sauce on everything you made for her? Context. I do the majority of the cooking for me and my husband, which increased significantly when the COVID lockdown happened. I'm a pretty good at-home chef, but mess around the kitchen for years. I've taken classes, gone to cooking demonstrations. I've watched a number of technique-focused cooking shows, Alton Brown's Good Eats is the best. My husband says he loves the food I make. He's constantly giving me compliments and telling me how much he enjoys all of it. The problem is he eats one bite. Oh, that's even worse. And then dumps a boatload of hot sauce on everything. Trying hard not to take it personally, but that's not working. The way I show love to other people is through actions like making food for our family. We've talked about it and how it frustrates me. And I know he doesn't intend to hurt my feelings in any way. Noah, Seeing that you are a professional chef and you do most of the cooking, would this irritate you or am I being a precious snowflake about all this and I need to get over it? Thank you for making such wonderful content. Congrats on keeping a tiny human alive for a year. You two are probably the best parents ever. That's very kind of you. Um, I, I would say both things can be true. It can be annoying, but also fine. Like at the end of the day, what you want is to make food that they're happy to eat. And if they just have the thing where they want everything to be spicy and vinegary, like, and, you know, and that's their base level palate, then they still, you know, like eating the stuff you're making. They just like it with hot sauce on it. So as long as they're eating the food that you're making, um, I think it's fine. Uh, it would, it's a little annoying. I get it. I would be a little like, come on, try the thing the way it's supposed to be. But some people's palates are what their palates are. And, um, it's better than making food and they go, I'm not really into this and push it away. So, 
I think take what you can get. It's not, uh, uh, don't take it personally because it's not about you. It's about them and where their, where their, their palate is. So I, yeah, but I get that it's annoying and you're allowed to be annoyed, but also you shouldn't be upset with them because that doesn't help anybody. Do you eat any hot sauce? Like, is there a go-to hot sauce for you or no? It's dish Different dependent. hot sauces for different applications. Uh, you know, I like a little Cholula on like a, like a, like a little, like a little, uh, like breakfast situation, like a little, uh, like an egg, egg sandwich, something like that. But I love, um, uh, what's it called? Crystals is like my Southern hot sauce with like, <laughs> for like fried chicken or like shrimp and grits, stuff like that. Crystals is a great one. Uh, or for a lot of seafood, if you do like, like a, like a low country boil, I'll, I'll throw some crystals on there. Those are the two I've decided to mention. <laughs> I'm sure there are there are a there's lot lots. more. There's yeah. lots. There's a there's a there's a hot sauce for every occasion. Tabasco in clam chowder is really good too. By the way, do you believe in the if if it gets to a certain level of hotness, are you actually tasting anything? Like, is there a purpose to that or no? Uh, I mean, if your spice tolerance gets high enough, then it eventually has purpose. Um, so yeah, it depends. Like some people, you know, you look at certain countries and climates that have really uh like hot tropical climates where spice was used as a way to preserve things like i've read somewhere that like sri lankan children have like the spice tolerance of of like more than than most adults anywhere else in the world because they just it's built into the cuisine so for them like if you give them a mild hot sauce they'll be like what's this why am i just adding vinegar to this right. so you know again people's tastes are their tastes um you know, I think uh, if you're going to get annoyed with somebody you live with about the food that they're eating, I think it makes more sense to think about it from a nutrition standpoint than from like a like a taste preference standpoint. You know, if they if as long as you're they're you know, once you're married to somebody, it's kind of you're allowed to care about the other person being healthy and staying alive. Mm-hmm. So I'd say you can that's that's your area you can focus on. But hot sauce, you know. Uh, you know, as long as they don't have like weird heartburn stuff or whatever else, or like a, like a flaming colon, I think you're probably okay. <laughs> I mean, flaming colon is going to be the name of the episode. It depends on the hot sauce. Some hot sauces have a lot of weird stuff in them. Hopefully it's like a more clean label one. That's just like, you know, vinegar, salt, and chilies. Right. Okay. Top of the cop. It's the top of the cob. We're doing it right. Every day. You just take a bite. Top of the cob. Do you want to start with your top or your bottom? Is it the sports bar opening called the Flaming Colon? <laughs> um, my, this is just real recency bias, but my bottom of the cob is uh, is sitting on a plane for longer than the flight is Ooh. before you take off, which just happened recently. Just flying from San Francisco to Seattle was, I think it's like a, what is it, like a 90-minute flight, a two-hour flight, something mm-hmm. like that? It was, so I guess we weren't on there for that long. But it was like a full hour of like sitting on the plane waiting for it to take off. And it's just no one likes it. I get it. We've all heard that before. It's not a new bottom of the cop, but boy, was it not fun, especially because I only had like a half a day in Seattle to go eat at a bunch of restaurants. Um, and then uh, my top of the cob is uh, honestly just this book tour and how touching it was to have all these people coming out. Um, and uh, I, one of the book events at uh, Kitchen Larder up in Seattle, uh, they usually get a lot of their same regulars coming into these book events. And we asked how many people had never been there before. And 
90% of the people were new uh, to that bookstore and were coming just to come to, to my event. And I think just because they've seen me on Eliza's Instagram. But nonetheless, <laughs> uh, it is just very, it was very touching and very sweet and just met some incredible people and amazing hospitality from some uh, restaurant people up there who kind of would moderate panels with me and things like that. So just, uh, yeah, incredibly touched by the whole, the whole experience. So is the best place to get your, your Domain Pantry, your cookbook, they should go check their local bookstore. And then if not, go to your Instagram and use the link in the bio. If you want to get a signed copy, Mm -hmm. go to Now Serving. That's my local bookstore here in LA. That's amazing. And I'm just going to keep going back and signing copies as long as people want to buy them. Um, But also, you know, whatever's easiest. If you want to get on Amazon, get on Amazon. But if you do get on Amazon, uh, if you wouldn't mind writing uh, positive reviews on there, because it turns out those are useful. And, uh, you know, we're just... At this point, you know, anywhere you want to buy it is uh, is is okay for me. But obviously, local bookstores are amazing to support small businesses and local economy and uh, things like that. Um, but if you, I get it. If you just want it to show up tomorrow morning and not have to pay shipping because you're an Amazon Prime <laughs> member, like, look, I get it. I've done it. Uh, no, no shame. But now serving, they should get the they should get the autograph one because that's you can fun. get signed ones from now serving, okay. and that you'll basically be able to do that as long as I live in Los Angeles. <laughs> Okay, my my bottom of the cup is after the debacle with Gracie uh, in December where she stopped eating and then had to be put down. One of my kittens stopped eating last week and oh we went to the vet and then the ER and then got surgery and $4,000 later, they don't know what was wrong, but he's eating and now I'm taking care of a four-month-old kitten that has a giant incision and trying to keep him from jumping and trying to keep his sister from messing with him. So, so you're on pace to pay a thousand dollars a month for this kid. <laughs> I know he's four months for his life. I've only had him a little over a month, so a week, a thousand dollars a week that I've had him. Mm-hmm. Yep, mm-hmm. Uh, that's just for one. <laughs> so, so that's but my the other bottom. ones are, is a real deal. Well, you're the, gonna steal on the other one. Yeah, uh, no, because the other one has dry eyes and had to go to an ophthalmologist and is gonna get. $100 iMeds twice a day for life. So I made a poor investment getting each kitten for $49 through a pet finder situation. You, you probably should stop getting uh, British royalty cats that are fully inbred and sickly. <laughs> They're sick little street cats. Um, and my top, though, is that that has been obviously a nightmare. I've been locked in my room. This is the first time I've left like my room for more than 10 minutes, which is so nice. Um, and... My top is that I was really, you know, it's hard to leave LA because everything fun is in LA. But I'm now I'm like, thank God that I'm back in Atlanta because my parents live 15 minutes away and they've been coming over twice a day to sit with the kittens while I like eat breakfast and shower. And they help me put the medicine in his little mouth, giving him two medicines. So that my top of the cob is everybody's being very nice about my what what now, as Eliza says, does quite a bit look like Munchausen by proxy. When I had to tell the vet, I'm like crying at the vet, like, I'm sorry, like I just, he's not eating and my last cat died a month ago from not eating. And I'm like, oh great, now I'm on a list somewhere because now I'm saying yeah. out loud, two of my cats have stopped eating. So I might be banned from pets in Atlanta and have to move again. I feel like they've got a loose a loose leash on uh, on on pet law in, in, in the state of Georgia, but I could it's be wrong. possible, yeah, yeah. So... That's that's what I got going on over here. Not quite as exciting as Don't Panic Pantry, the book tour. 
Well, now it's over. And now we're, well, you got some fun live events coming up. We're going to do a, you can look and see this little 92, 92nd Street Y uh, Valentine's Day live uh, that's coming up. So if you guys want to, you can buy tickets to that and watch Eliza and I cook together if you didn't see that enough already. Uh, now with, uh, on someone else's feed. And how often is your YouTube show updated? Every Monday, new episode. Okay. And uh, this month we are uh, last month we did all episodes from the from the cookbook recipes from the cookbook, and this month we are uh, celebrating um, the different regional American pastas, <gasps> which I think fun. is very funny, like weird ones. So we got like chicken riggies coming up, chili spaghetti, uh, barbecue spaghetti, things like that. American goulash, just kind of. I just thought sometimes you know people don't appreciate. Their regional Italian American uh, pasta world, and I think that uh, it's time for it to get its moments to shine. But also, I realized I'm like promoting this cookbook that is how we usually cook at home, mostly vegetarian. Then it's like, and now four meat pastas, <laughs> which is not how I cook at home that much. But it's, uh, it's you know, you got to feed the internet beast what it needs. The content <laughs> machine is uh, occasionally carnivorous. Oh my god! Well, so when you're listening to this. Bino's cookbook, watch his show. Eliza is not performing. I'm trying to do Eliza's job of, she says, I think I'm performing here this week. She's not performing anywhere this week. Next show is in, is ND North Dakota? I guess. Yeah. North Dakota, February 18th. So this week, just all Noah all the time this week. You don't need to see Eliza anywhere. Yeah, or go to Eliza.com slash tour. Um, or yeah, just buy, buy my cookbook. That works too. Um, yeah very fun times and i'm gonna try to join eliza on the road a few times this year to do some book events so that so stay tuned perfect thank you for being here on this very special episode thank you for having me uh eliza if you're still listening i'm sorry we talked about tar on the show Now, uh, top 50 Sandra Bullock movies. Go. (laughs) I do have my own letterbox that is just Sandra Bullock movies. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.